Welcome City Attorney Herrera. Good morning. Thank you to Mayor Breed, Chief Scott, uh, Supervisors Peskin and Haney for joining me this morning to highlight our collective commitment to combating an all too familiar problem, open air drug dealing in the Tenderloin. We're all committed to creative solutions to make sure that we combat this epidemic that is taking uh, control of the Tenderloin neighborhood. This morning, my office sued 28 known drug dealers filing for civil injunctions to prevent them from coming into the Tenderloin. These drug dealers do not live in the Tenderloin, but instead travel from around the Bay Area to sell deadly drugs there, the drugs that are fueling the addiction and overdose crisis that we are seeing on our streets. These lawsuits are designed to help stop the brazen, open-air drug dealing that has plagued this historic neighborhood at the center of our city's opioid crisis. Last year alone, 441 people died from drug overdoses in the city, and the Tenderloin had the highest overdose mortality rate of any neighborhood in the city. Enough is enough. These injunctions are carefully crafted to simultaneously safeguard a defendant's due process rights while targeting with precision the problem of drug dealers coming from outside the area to prey on Tenderloin residents, both housed and unhoused. The injunctions would prohibit these 28 named defendants from entering a roughly 50 square block area of the Tenderloin and part of the adjacent South of Market neighborhood, roughly from Van Ness to Ellis and Geary to Mission. The Tenderloin would become a protected zone, and these defendants, none of whom live in the Tenderloin, would be allowed to go there unless they had a lawful, legitimate reason to be there. We are focused on the predatory, repeat dealers selling the most dangerous drugs, including those leading to the most overdose deaths. We have rigorous criteria for who qualifies as a defendant in these cases. He or she was arrested at least twice for either drug sales or possession of drugs for the purpose of sales in the Tenderloin in the past year and a half. One of those arrests must have been in the last nine months. Both of the arrests must have led to either criminal charges by the district attorney or a motion to revoke probation. And the drugs involved were either fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, or methamphetamine. And the, ten and the defendant is not a Tenderloin resident. The injunctions may only issue once a defendant has been served with notice about the proposed injunction, has been given the opportunity to present their defense in court at a hearing, and the court finds that there is sufficient evidence to warrant the injunction. In other words, an injunction is issued if the need for it is proven in a court of law. Demographics or group affiliation were not considered when putting together these lawsuits. Violations of the injunctions will have civil and criminal consequences. Violations carry civil penalties of up to $6,000 per violation. Perhaps just as important, violations can also be pursued as misdemeanor crimes and subject to the defendants to immediate arrest. An arrest would lead to a search and the confiscation of any illegal drugs or other contraband an enjoined person has in his or her possession. These actions are, saved, are aimed solely at criminals who are coming from around the Bay Area to prey on the people of the Tenderloin. We know who these predators are, and we will not allow them to victimize Tenderloin residents with impunity. Our message to these dealers is simple. If you come to the Tenderloin, you will be arrested, and your drugs will be confiscated. 
I want to be clear that this is not a silver bullet. More needs to be done, including more drug treatment options, expanded mental health help, and a concerted focus on major narcotics suppliers. But these injunctions will give law enforcement one more tool to help keep the Tenderloin residents safe. We need to do everything we can to stop this neighborhood from being used as the Bay Area's open-air open drug market. It's time for a new approach. Our goal here is to keep these dealers and the drugs they carry out of the Tenderloin. The kids, the parents, the seniors, the workers, the business owners of this neighborhood have suffered enough and deserve nothing less. The Tenderloin has the highest concentration of children in the city. It also has the highest number of overdose deaths, and that is not acceptable. Once the pandemic improves, the kids of the Tenderloin deserve to be able to go to school, go to the playground, go see a friend, without worrying about getting caught in the middle of a drug deal gone bad or coming across a person overdosing on the sidewalk. These lawsuits won't solve the problem themselves, but they're a step worth taking. I want to thank the hardworking men and women in the San Francisco Police Department. Their diligence laid the groundwork for us to put together this creative approach to public safety. I also want to thank the dedicated team in my office that has worked hard to come up with an innovative way to deal thoughtfully, appropriately, and effectively with a long-standing problem. I also want to thank our mayor for her tremendous support and leadership during this incredibly challenging time for our city, as well as supervisors Peskin and Haney for their commitment to combating this problem. And with that, I'd like to introduce our mayor, London Breed. Good morning, everyone. Uh, and thank you all so much for being here today. Um, I want to begin by thanking Dennis Herrera and the city attorney's office for the work that they did to address one of the biggest challenges that we are dealing with specifically in the Tenderloin community. You know, in the, not so long ago, we set down a path to address what we saw as a significant increase in homelessness and tent encampments in the TL. And we've made a lot of progress. Over 400 tents removed with over 600 people. We're now down to less than 30 tents. And we drive around the Tenderloin, we walk around the Tenderloin, and you would think that nothing has ever happened there, that no progress has been made. You see hundreds of people on blocks throughout the TL who are dealing drugs openly in broad daylight. You see people who are pushing strollers, mothers, who have to go out onto the streets to go around the drug dealing and the drug using and the challenges that exist there. I grew up in this city. I grew up not too far from the Tenderloin in the Western Edition. And the Tenderloin has always had its challenges, but it has never been worse. It has never been worse. And we can't do this work alone. We need to make sure that, yes, we address the challenges that exist with people who struggle with addiction. This is why I'm fighting so hard to get safe injection sites open, why I'm fighting so hard to get expanded mental health support, because those of you who have family members who have suffered with addiction, you know how challenging it is 
to get them on the right path. And so we have to do more as a city to provide alternatives. And then we know the challenges that exist. The people who are being trafficked to sell drugs on our streets from other countries. The folks who are coming from other Bay Area cities because they know San Francisco is a place where they can make a lot of money. San Francisco has become the place to go to sell drugs. It is known widely. And that has got to stop because there has to be consequences. Look, I understand there might be financial challenges, but the fact is we can't tolerate what we see happening in the Tenderloin or any other neighborhood in our city. People have got to be held accountable for the destruction that they are causing to these communities. And when we talk about destruction, we're talking about the people who are dying in record numbers from drug overdoses right in the Tenderloin. This is a common sense solution to a very, very complex problem. And I really want to again express my appreciation to our city attorney, Dennis Herrera, for not only putting together a unique plan, but for caring about this issue in the first place. And I want to thank him for working with the San Francisco Police Department to actually use data to inform this decision. We know that there is a lot of work to do. And we can't continue to let the Tenderloin be the breeding ground for all that is problematic and challenging in our city. It's going to take helping with homelessness. It's going to take drug treatment. It's going to take supporting low-income families and people who live in that community. And yes, it's going to take holding the people who are holding this community hostage with the rampant drug dealing that has completely devastated this neighborhood. We have to do better, and we will do better. This is a step in the right direction, and I'm looking forward to seeing the results of this work. And I want to thank all those who have been involved and supportive of this issue. And we got to get the job done, and that's what this is about. And with that, I want to introduce the police chief of San Francisco, Chief Bill Scott. Good morning, and uh, thank you, Mayor Breed. So first, I want to start off by thanking our mayor, Mayor London Breed, for her relentless leadership, and I mean relentless, when it comes to this issue. As the mayor stated, this problem is pervasive, and I also want to thank our city attorney, Dennis Herrera, for an innovative strategy that really gives us a much better opportunity to turn the corner on the drug dealing in the Tenderloin area of San Francisco. Also, I'd like to thank Supervisors Peskin and Haney for their support and leadership on this issue, and you'll hear from them as well um, in a second. The men and women of the San Francisco Police Department, and in particular those assigned to our Tenderloin District Station in our narcotics detail, have been working very, very hard to address the rampant drug dealing in the Tenderloin. During a recent three-month operation to focus on narcotics dealers, the Tenderloin officers and the narcotics detail officers arrested 
over 267 individuals for drug sales, 267. And although that number may sound high, it's just a drop in the bucket. Our officers seized over $144,000 in U.S. currency and a combination of over 7,000 grams of cocaine, methamphetamines, heroin, fentanyl, and other drugs. 210 of those arrests had prior arrests in San Francisco, and 55 of the 267 arrests were in violation of court-issued stay-away orders where they were prohibited from being in the very area that they continued to sell drugs in. 36 of the individuals had been arrested at least twice between May 18th and today, and 58 of those arrested live outside of the city of San Francisco. Now, our efforts to combine or to combat narcotic sales in the Tenderloin are ongoing as of today. And today's announcement of injunctions filed by Dennis Herrera, our city attorney, will help us address the concerns and complaints of Tenderloin residents and merchants. And those complaints come pouring in daily. These dealers prey on a vulnerable population and contribute to the drug degradation of the quality of life for those who work, live, and come to the Tenderloin to enjoy what the Tenderloin has to offer. These injunctions give law enforcement officers yet another tool in our toolkit. Violators face up to a $6,000 fine and a misdemeanor arrest, and officers can potentially seize narcotics and money from narcotic sales as well as other contraband. With the combined efforts and investment in our drug treatment and other public health strategies, we hope to have a positive effect of the quality of life in our Tenderloin area. And as was stated from the, by the mayor, and I can't emphasize this enough, we have to do more, we have to do better, and we will do better. We cannot and will not further tolerate drug dealers coming into the Tenderloin from wherever they're coming from throughout the Bay Area to ruin our community. The injunctions will make coming back to the Tenderloin have more serious consequences. And drug dealers, if you're out there watching this news conference, know that your actions will not and cannot be tolerated any longer in the city and county of San Francisco. And with that, I'd like to turn the mic over to Supervisor Aaron Peskin. Thank you. Thank you, City Attorney Herrera, Mayor Breed, uh, for what is truly a creative solution. Uh, this is not a silver bullet. It must be coupled uh, with mental health services, with drug treatment, uh, with the addition of sorely needed affordable housing in and around the Tenderloin. A year ago, Supervisor Haney and I went to a meeting together just up the street in the Tenderloin, wherein we witnessed an individual who was literally dying of a fentanyl overdose. Uh, we were able to locate some Narcan, and that individual is alive today, but that should not be happening on our streets. This is not only a creative solution, but it is one where City Attorney Herrera has crafted it very carefully, in conjunction with my office, has done so in a way that honors the civil rights of individuals in our community, 
it is structured fairly, and it will be supported by the Board of Supervisors. I want to thank City Attorney Herrera. Uh, we are going to make a difference in the Tenderloin. And if this works, uh, this is a model that can be exported to other parts of San Francisco. Because when you look at those 441 deaths, it is true, a disproportionate number of them are in the Tenderloin. But those individuals who are preying on weak individuals in our community are not just operating in the Tenderloin. And if this is a success, I look forward to working with the City Attorney's Office, the Chief of Police, and our Mayor to export this model to the rest of the City and County of San Francisco. We are available for questions and comments. Thank you, Supervisor Peskin. We will now begin with our Q&A portion uh, with City Attorney Dennis Herrera. City Attorney Herrera, the first set of questions are from Kate Wolf at KQED. The ACLU and other community groups have said injunctions like gang injunctions used in the past don't address root problems and violate people's civil, civil liberties. Can you address how these injunctions will be different from those? I think uh, one thing that you've heard uniformly, both from uh, the mayor, uh, from Supervisor Peskin, and from uh, uh, the chief of police, is that this is a part of a, has to be part of a comprehensive uh, approach that focuses on drug rehab, mental health, and the like. So there's no doubt that we need to also get at uh, the root causes which are, which are contributing to our, pro to our problem. However, this is different from gang injunctions. This is not based on affiliation or status. It is based on going after individuals who have uh, uh, been known to engage in criminal conduct that has been charged by the district attorney and arrest by the police department for known activity that has occurred in the Tenderloin. Fact of the matter is we, ca we carefully crafted this to make sure that it was based on conduct, not on status, or affiliation, and there is also the opportunity for if people have a legitimate reason to uh, be in the, in, in, the, in, in the 50 square block area, in the protected zone, courts, city hall, have all been exempted from uh, the limitation of movement. So this is very different from gang injunctions, and I think it would, it, it's something that people need to be aware of, that this is based on conduct, not status, and demonstrable conduct from individuals who don't even live in the Tenderloin, and 27 of the 28 don't even live in the city and county of San Francisco. Thank you, City Attorney Herrera. The next question is from Joe Dwaretsky with Bay City News. Why would civil injunctions be used instead of criminal actions if the city knows who the dealers are? It's, it's another tool uh, in the toolkit. Uh, certainly, uh, there are uh, criminal penalties that uh, can accrue. But the fact of the matter is, if someone's going to also suffer a financial penalty uh, of a significant dollar amount, that's something that dissuades individuals from engaging in conduct. And in this, you also, it, it, with respect to these injunctions, you have two tools. You have a criminal sanction as well as a civil sanction, which, you did, which, is, which did not occur previously. Uh, by the same token, this encom encompasses the whole Tenderloin neighborhood, whereas 
in something the chief referred to uh, earlier, the stay away orders that happen in other criminal cases were designed to be with respect to one particular um, corner or block, and it was not nearly as comprehensive as what we're seeking here today. Thank you, City Attorney Herrera. That concludes today's press conference. Thank you, everyone, for joining us.